My name is Neil Ajus. I come from a small island, Malta, and I'm an ultra-distance swimmer and ocean activist. I mean, obviously, we're sitting here um, overlooking the spectacular World UNESCO Heritage Site at Mikasa Boutique Hotel, who I gather must be hosting you after your spectacular last few days, or last months and weeks, no doubt, or even longer. Um, no, to be fair, I'm not, I'm not sleeping here. They did offer the place, but we already have a place with a few of the team that um, are with me still, um, just kind of to close the circle of the journey that we've been on for the last few months. How are you feeling? Um, it's kind of a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. Um, sometimes I'm feeling okay about everything, and other times there's still a lot of disappointment. And uh, I'm trying to to process it, trying to see what the teachings are from it, and understand on a deeper level how it happened and why it happened as well. I mean, it kind of you know was a very very Herculean kind of feat that you were wishing to conquer and I mean hats off to you for for even thinking you know this was something that you were gonna take on I think it's actually incredible and like you're just yeah so brave and it was such an amazing attempt and obviously was very very successful until something that kind of stopped you that was obviously beyond your control but like what you know what was the inspiration in the first place to say okay I'm gonna swim from Mallorca to Ibiza that's just quite an unbelievable feat yeah, so um, I've been kind of getting into this ultra-distance space for the last four years. In 2018, I swam the first one, which was around Malta, uh, which took me 22 hours. And we're trying to figure out why I wanted to do it and find a bigger purpose than just the reason why it's cool to swim around your own country. <laughs> um, and yeah, we started a foundation called Wave of Change, uh, which is kind of inspiring generations to live a more sustainable life. And from doing the swim, we realized how we got everyone's attention for a few minutes. And then it's what do we want to share and what do we want to kind of leave our mark on? What, what do we want to leave with? And so we realized that if the more I'm doing it, the more people are listening and the more people are following. And so like I, I realized how powerful people's voices are. Um, and so we do share and try and inspire people to understand how important it is and how we can get put it up their ranking of their top five important things you know there's family there's uh, your job and things and if, if the environment and sustainability isn't up there then it gets left behind and then we're going to lose all this beauty and all the things that kind of we don't even understand of, of what level it it helps us you know forget the it feeds it gives us the food we eat or it cleans the air we breathe it's on a mental level as well of how much we get by just looking at the sea for five minutes your mental health is you're, you're already 100% in a much better mood you know so how can we access this power and how can we access these things like for me swimming in the sea it's, it's a place of discovery a place I learn a place I, I test my resilience a place I dream and um, if we get everyone to understand how to access this then everyone will want to safeguard it so it's getting them to love love it to make it go higher up their list of important things 
I mean, the number one thing that Ibiza thrives off as an economy is tourism. And you wouldn't have tourism unless our sea and our water was pristine. And the only reason that we've been awarded a world UNESCO heritage status is not just Dalt Vila, but it's also the Posidonia. And the Posidonia has been there for thousands and thousands of years and stretches between here and Formentera for as far as the eye can see. I think you can almost see from this seated position Formentera in the distance and so it stretches all the way across and the only way to keep that alive is to have clean seas and to have rules in place so that's why your swim or the purpose of your swim inspired me so deeply. Yeah um, definitely and it's the same from where I come from from Malta as well we, we rely on uh, tourism for our survival let's say um, so the importance of understanding how important it is to protect our assets let's say um it's it's we need to understand that we can't keep putting money first it's more money more money more more boats more tourism more it has to be done in a sustainable way or eventually you're kind of just emptying the tank and it's not having time to refill and restructure and rebuild its ecosystem and then you're going to be left with nothing What's the number one thing that you observe when you spend so much time in the water that you just think, wow, this isn't how it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Um, I mean, the lack of, of fish is, is very evident. Um, and the increase in jellyfish, the reason why I actually had to stop is, is very evident as well. And then we have to go back two steps and say, why is it happening? How is it happening? Is it because of the temperature change, um, the the climate change of we're going, it's hot, it's cold, it's hot, it's cold, giving the chance for these um, uh, jellyfish to kind of bloom each time. So it keeps going back and forth. And that's how there are so many as well with the, all the marinas, all the ports and all the the jetties that we're creating it all changes the flow of the ecosystem completely underwater more than we would even imagine um, um so these these are all big 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 warning signs that are in front of us it's it's funny though because it's the um, the space it's not like you kind of do something that you shouldn't be doing for the environment you don't in- immediately get burnt so it's something that is slowly burning from the inside and will implode eventually and so people are not too bothered because they're not having seeing an immediate reaction to their action what do you think is creating the imbalance in the ecosystem that's caused these swarms of jellyfish because i mean this is the time of year july and august is just renowned really for having specifically in the last five five or six years i would say that's when it's reached fever pitch i mean there are there is now a jellyfish app in Ibiza which obviously didn't exist before and the reason it's there is because obviously there's extreme demand for it and those two months when we have all those tourists here there's a lot of the island that are just a complete no-go zone yeah um it's the um, the climate um imbalance you know the the weather is super imbalanced in the Mediterranean at the moment we're um, as I mentioned, it's wint- with summer, we're going, it's winter, we're going into summer, oh, summer's starting, two days later it's raining again. So the temperature change back and forth is where they, they manipulate. Someone's pleased to see you. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. 
interesting because you know there's just so many different theories i mean no one seems to have the exact answer as to why there are more jellyfish now than there ever used to be and i mean one theory was that you know there's a lot of uh, sewage being pumped into the water that that perhaps hasn't been such an issue in the past and maybe that kind of attracts them or obviously the climate change theory the warming of the waters is another one but you know there could be a million other reasons of something that was taken out of the water like a predator that's obviously gone yeah, I, I think it's all these things all do make a difference to to kind of sum up into where we are at the moment. I don't think you can say it's just because of this or just because of that. I think it's um, all these all these reasons are part of the bigger problem. We can't. I, I don't think it's easy to pinpoint one specific thing or one specific moment, but it's it's all of them put together. So what was the number one driver for this swim? Like you wanted to be a voice, you wanted to be an advocate, you wanted to, you know, put your activism into action. But what was the one specific, you know, if there was one thing you could achieve through this swim, was it a personal goal or was it something for the wider picture? Um, I, I think it, it, to remain swimming through such adversity for so many hours, we're talking uh, approximately 70 hours without sleeping, without touching the boat, without technically stopping from treading water, um, you need more than one uh, pathway to kind of keep you swimming at different points of the swim. So obviously there is that personal goal of mine to to understand what um, uh, us humans are capable of. And then it's also to show everyone how strong we are. We're much stronger as a race, humans, than we are perceived to be or even told that we are. And then obviously how can they access this power when they need it when they're going through tough moments in their life and how they can access this power to help them keep marching forward through through life life's life's tough it's not all fairies and unicorns you know there's um everyone in every every walk of life has those weeks and those days where they're finding it hard to kind of go through their their daily routine and how can we help them how can i help them and how can i inspire them and how can i can motivate them to to understand that they can do it themselves and they don't need to rely on anyone to do it. The power is in, inside of us, all of us. We just need to know how to access it. I remember watching that video um, of Diana Nyad, you know, at 64 years of age, swimming from Cuba to um, Florida. And I just, and I just, yeah, that really stuck with me. Um, the imagery of her staggering out of the water with these big swollen lips that many people on this island pay a lot of money for and I just you know it was an incredible moment and and I think that you know absolutely we are much more capable of doing things that we we ever dreamed of we're always kind of surrounded by naysayers saying oh you shouldn't do this and you can't do that and I think it's amazing that you you went for it and obviously as you said something stopped you that was beyond your control but like how do you think that you'll have another another go at it? Definitely. I mean, for me, it really felt like everything was going according to plan. It was uh, one third of the way in, and I was feeling super relaxed, super comfortable in the space that I was in. And so after putting in so much work, it's a lot of sacrifice to, to, to be able to have the confidence to, to start something like that. You know, it's, it's 10 months of fully focusing every minute, every second of every day understanding what I will be going through at each moment and making sure that I'm resting as much as possible and making sure that everything is everything I do in my day is to prepare for for that moment and then for it to kind of end with something that I had no control over it was one thing if I was too exhausted too tired hallucinating too much um, uh, then I had to stop on my terms but it felt like it's unfinished business that I didn't stop on my terms 
But Diana had at least two or three or four attempts that she had to abort as well for similar reasons. Yeah, um, it, it, it's the game that we play. So ultra distance has a lot of things that can happen from your side of things that you can control. And then there's a lot of things you cannot control. It's the jellyfish or all the sharks or any big fish that, that you can come across. It's the weather that can be temperamental and suddenly change on you. And obviously, just when you're swimming for three days, you cannot have the expectation of it all being flat calm for three days. When was the law? I can't remember uh, three days in a row where there was no wind at all for for that amount of time and also then there's the salt exposure your mouth your tongue starts um, disintegrating and pieces of your tongue can start falling off um, pitted holes into your lips that's why they're so swollen it's the salt exposure um, your throat can swell up and you can find it hard to breathe so you'll have to so there's ample amount of things that that can go wrong so it is like i call it like it's full gangster you know there's no there's no no um side uh, door or or quick kind of portal to take you to the finish line you have to go through all these kind of difficult moments to come out on top so what's the prep like to get into full gangster mode <laughs> um uh, so there's a there's a lot of training physically and and mentally as well so the physical has its 100% but it's there's a limitation on how there's a limit basically your shoulders are hurting you and that's the maximum that they're going to hurt you obviously they do get more and more tired progressively and intense on the physical but the mental is is endless you can spiral in a thought and just keep spiraling in darkness and in kind of um scary thoughts but uncomfortable place so you need to really learn to become comfortable with the uncomfortable and i understand that Putting myself in that uncomfortable place gives me um, a lot of growth and a lot of understanding. You know, when you push yourself to these limits, this is, and when you are put through these difficult moments, it's how you react to them. It's how you learn from them to that kind of help you grow. Everything is always kind of moving smoothly and moving in the right way that you expected. Then you find it hard to find the growth from that. So, how do you become comfortable with the uncomfortable? I mean, it's lots of meditations of um, sitting in silence and manifesting all the problems that can happen as well, you know, and bringing up fears and sitting with the fears for for some time. And uh, I, I think it's just understanding the bigger picture. So when I was swimming, I was constantly getting stung at night um, by jellyfish. When you get stung in the evening and darkness um, by jellyfish, it's very different to to during the day. You're trying to see them. You can't. I had the team shining a torch. I have 60 bites on me. I have, my arms are completely swollen and all the way up my arms, everywhere, my legs, my feet. I'm just full of um, things. And, and when you get stung, um, uh, you know that there's a bigger picture. So it's not even an option to stop at that point. It's when it became too dangerous for me to, to keep swimming. Um, I was literally moving swarms of jellyfish out of my way to find a pot. Um, so, like, it's for me, it's like when people say, oh, "How do you keep swimming if you get sung?" It's not even an option to stop. There's, there's the option, like on the drop-down menu, file options, abort. It's like blanked out. It doesn't click until uh, I feel that it's becoming too dangerous and unsafe for me to be in the water. Because I have to be ready to understand when to call it to not put my team in in that uncomfortable position that what if I started getting an epileptic fit from, from all these things and all the venom then it's not fair on my team as well
so I have to have that balance. I did wonder, I mean, how many stings one man can endure before death or, or really big danger comes on your doorstep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure not many can endure as many as I can. Um, I do have um, an understanding of um, a very high pain threshold. And um, I thought that I I, I knew that there was a limit and I knew it was coming close to that limit. So I needed to stop. But I don't think it's something that anyone, many people can endure. So they have so many, so many things. I mean, I saw in one of the videos that your girlfriend said that they were lighting up when they were touching your skin. Yeah, they were um, um, every time. So every time one was hitting me, they were lighting up. Um, Illuminates um, green and uh, blue. I mean, there was one I'm literally on my feet trying to stop, still surrounded by jellyfish. One's hitting my stomach. I'm picking it up, throwing it off me. It was a pretty intense moment. I mean, I got bitten by a couple of mosquitoes that seemed to have taken up residence in the footwell of my car in the driver's side on the way here, and I was almost crying, so I can't imagine how that feels. Um, yeah, it, it felt like that if you kind of had to get a wire and a bulb and stick it to my body, that this would, bulb would light up. I would, uh, my whole body was vibrating with electric kind of electric magnetic field in my body. It's very difficult to explain uh, how I was feeling, but it was excruciating pain. I mean, what's the actual science behind what, you know, infiltrates the surface of the skin once you get bitten? I mean, there's a kind of a a theory that I kind of try and use, but obviously when there are so many, it's not possible to manage it. But um, when a jellyfish comes into contact with your skin, it releases all of its energy and all of its power to sting you. What if you try and channel that sting and all that energy into keeping you swimming for longer, for faster and more efficiently? But then there was a point where, like, okay, I'm, I'm full, I'm topped up, like, leave me alone now. Um, so there is obviously a limit to channeling that kind of um, uh, thing. But it's always trying to turn negatives into positives. How can you reframe something that's not going your way into something that is um, going your way or something that's helping you move in a state of flow? What, what's the kind of nutrition plan for something like that? I mean, can you, I mean, if you're not actually stopping or touching the boat or allowed to tread water, how does that work? So there's like a broomstick stuck to, stuck to a Tupperware box which food is passed to me in and then there's a bottle with um, liquids that is thrown to me that's tied to a rope and so there's every 30 minutes I'd stop for a minute, a minute and a half to drink a little bit and eat a little bit and there's uh, pasta, oats, soup, um, juices that are very high in uh, calorie and good fat content and each half an hour we alternate through, through one of these. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of blown away by your uh, mental stamina and the, and the fact that you're in decent enough shape to even have this conversation says a lot about you. Um, yeah, because I was meant to be swimming for three days and so I'm for one. Um, and it's, my body keeps giving me. Um, I'm very lucky in that way or have taught it to be this way, you know. Um, it's kind of just keep moving forward even if it's moving slowly just one step in front of the other small goals little goals to keep kind of getting to the to the end goal but what like yeah I mean what's the mental kind of process and, and how long do you think you might leave before you reattempt the the swim um, no, I mean now it's time to get a bit of a rebalance of life of like kind of I call this this is not the real world the real world is my day job and my daily routine and my daily life um, I did 
I do miss kind of um, my family and my friends that I don't like on the weekends. I wouldn't I'd stay at home, I'd swim and I rest. I don't do anything. Haven't had a drop of alcohol for one year. So over Christmas, not even a sip of alcohol. I even had to go to, had to, I even went to a bachelor's in Oktoberfest in, in, <laughs> in Germany and I didn't drink any alcohol. <laughs> That's brutal. Um, brutal, but it's also, and I didn't choose not to drink because I felt that if I drank, then I wouldn't be able to finish the swim. It's more control of the mind. So you want something, but you, you, you're not going to have it. So learning how to control and access this strength that you can have to, to say no to something. It's like when I'm in the sea and I'm swimming and it's the middle of the night and I see some, think I see a shadow passing from underneath me. How do I stop myself from thinking that's a shock? So how am I going to train that to think? Because if you feel it, there, it's there, it's there, whether it's there or not, you know. So doing these little things and these little training tools that I've kind of curated myself really to kind of help me get out of situations that are not the most pleasant. There was a shark sighting in Mallorca like less than a week ago. Did you know that? Yes, I did. I did. um, But we have to understand that what is the possibility of the shark um, finding me? You know, we feel like we're in these, one of these movies where we're kind of... There's no light on me, so no light is shined on me to make sure that I'm not visible to, to anyone. The boats are in a certain uh, formation to kind of protect my hands going in the water so the sounds of the engines, which they're used to, um, it masks the sounds of my hand entering the water. So it's like, you know, the, the, those movies where you kind of... Um, they're kind of going through some secret passage and they're trying to steal some diamonds or whatever and they're going under the radars, under the thing and no one can detect them. That's kind of how we feel we, we move. And I also feel like um, I have a very strong connection with the ocean. I spend a lot of time in the ocean and I feel like they understand this message that I'm trying to push. I mean, how long, how many years have you been swimming in, in this kind of way quite seriously? Um, I mean, I've been a swimmer my whole life, so I was an Olympian back in 2004 in Athens. Um, so I did a lot of pool swimming till I was 25, and then I stopped swimming because that was too intense. <laughs> to, and, but then I kind of went back to it in 2018, and it's kind of like my journey and my purpose to kind of share and motivate and inspire. So what is the plan after this? You said you need to kind of get a bit of balance back in your life. You're in Ibiza. You've you've got a few days to spare. Have you got any plans to have a little bit of fun? Um, definitely plans to have a little bit of fun. At the moment, I'm just trying to process it all, understand how um, we came on a plane and not by swimming. At first, it was going to be by boat. I'm like, I don't think I can handle by boat. We need to go by plane. <laughs> and still on the plane, it was really tough. It, is, it still really is tough to to understand and... But I do now kind of already see the, the lessons learned. And for me to swim this 100 miles, I needed to fail. I've never failed a swim. I've never not completed a swim that I've done. So for me to be able to understand how to swim 100 miles, I needed to understand what not failure is, but was um, not possible to complete our mission. So this is giving me a lot of teachings, giving me a lot of strength. It's put a lot of fire in my belly for the upcoming um, uh, potential upcoming swim let's put it that way um, but it won't, won't be until next year 
now it's kind of rebalanced we're in Ibiza for the next few days I'm still a bit in and out of um, these things with the venom it's still like if I'm in a car I get very dizzy and um, very uncomfortable I've never gotten car sick but I seem to be getting car sick since um, all these things I'm still a bit swollen and all um, but we will see I'm, ex- I'm excited I'm excited for to be here it's a beautiful place this is why I wanted to come and swim around Ibiza and then I realized it wasn't big enough so I said I'll cross from Mallorca to Ibiza and then swim around it um, but yeah I'm looking forward to going to Esvedra it was the point where we were almost meant to finish so it's not too far from here um, yeah I'm excited to be here it's a beautiful place and I like the energy over here too I mean what you say you you know these you had to fail first but what are the lessons that you've learned from this particular swim to set you up better for next time I mean, I'm still I'm still receiving them for now. I won't share them for now because it's still very raw. It's maybe 36 hours since I've stopped swimming, so it's still a bit fresh to think. But I will be sharing them, and you can check out my social media pages and um, be able to kind of see what processes are going to come from it. Have you been to Ibiza before? Yeah, uh, two years ago. Um, after I finished the last swim, we came here on holiday, and that's. When we were in um, Esvedra, it was still very quiet. Um, there was, everything was still closed because of COVID, so it was extra special, I would say. Um, we went to Esvedra, and I'm like, you know what? I think I think I want to swim around Ibiza, and that's how the idea started. Interesting, because there was a lady on my podcast um, maybe a year ago who was planning also this summer to swim around all five Balearic Islands, and she hasn't done it yet either um, but that you know she was training hard and I haven't spoken to her for a while I'm not quite sure why why it didn't happen yet but that I think it was actually probably last summer come to think of it um, but I'd love to also touch base with her again and see how she's um, how she's getting on but um, anyway it sounds like you've got a big reintegration yeah. process on your hands yes definitely and looking forward to the reintegration into society as well like I haven't um, uh, can't remember that how much of a big circle I've been of people like I've been very keeping very much to myself to make sure I don't get influenced by people thinking it's not possible for me to swim so slowly integrating into society like there's a lot of doubt of detail that goes into preparing for me at least to prepare for something like this well I'm extremely grateful that you would spare the time to have this conversation today it's it's really lovely of you and I, I you know I'm so proud of you and impressed by your amazing achievements I don't know how you're feeling right now but I don't yeah there's not anyone that I know um, or I've ever met that would be able to do something um, so inspiring for the environment (laughs) or even think of doing something so wild (laughs) yeah um, uh, definitely it's like I said it's it feels like it's my purpose and what I'm meant to be doing if I can inspire them and I can make changes then it would I feel it will be selfish of me not to swim again very interesting and um, we shall definitely be keeping our eyes on uh, your future movements I mean just lastly going back to the environmental and the conservationist kind of angle of, of, of you know what it exactly was that you wanted to achieve it, it was to kind of lobby the UN can you just yeah. la- lastly just finish with like what it was that you really wanted them to maybe perhaps receive as the message from this achievement I, I think I just rephrase of not wanted them but still want and it's still the message that we're pushing is um, 30% of the ocean should be protect marine protected areas um, there has been a treaty that has been signed um, so the countries should be making these steps to, to do it but we need to make sure we kind of keep pushing them to keep making it and then obviously enforce the or enforce it it's not just making an area marine protected and then leaving it as it's always been with boats and um, fishing and, and things that are illegal in these areas so 
Um, I will be starting with Malta, the Mediterranean is where I'm going to be focusing on. I'm a Mediterranean boy, island boy. <laughs> um, so definitely pushing this message and definitely hoping that countries will fall in line with what they know is right. They must know it's right. So it's what is stopping them from pushing it is I can't understand. Have you got any theories on that? <laughs> the money corruption. <laughs> who's um, uh, helping them in what way to do what to take what decisions definitely I mean after Seaspiracy came out I did an episode of another podcast that I, I present about ecology and I was just you know very intrigued I think that really kind of triggered something in me and I thought oh well I wonder you know where does all this fish come that we eat in these like restaurants up and down the coastline of Ibiza particularly in the summer and of course there are marine protected areas as I as I said at the beginning between here and Formentera for example but and there's one you know Peche Nostrum who are the tagged and they you know they fish certain types of fish that are being you know allowed and able to be caught but ultimately you know the rest of the restaurants who are serving up lobster when it's not lobster season are doing that from illegal boats that come here specifically in the summer to take you know from the no take zone essentially and that's you know that's just really sad that that's even like a a possibility uh, it's an industry that won't die because when people want something when they work hard they feel they deserve it whichever way it comes from <laughs> it's true no, well, money makes the world go around and, you know, I kind of understand it to a degree, but, it, you know, it's just not acceptable and there just needs to be more enforcement and, you know, policing of the seas, which is a, is a sad story, but that's what's needed to actually enable our ecosystems to rebalance and for people like you to be able to swim from here to Mallorca. Uh, definitely. I always am a believer that certain rules need to be in place. So just to say something a bit off topic as well is like, when we were younger, when I was younger, we still didn't have to wear seatbelts while driving in Malta. And the law only came in while we were still growing up. And until they put the fine in of 100, 150 euro to wear your seatbelt, people would still not wear it. Even if it's for their own safety, they would not want to wear it. So we need rules to be able to fall in line. Whether it's for them, you know, it's, but this, that was for them, this is for the environment, the rules have to be put in place. I mean, I think a lot of people just think, you know, this is the Wild West. That's the way Ibiza is portrayed in many ways. And there's a lot of rule breakers and people that come here who are quite rebellious by their very nature. And that's kind of like a point of hilarity to some degree. But, you know, even somebody that was a hit and run here yesterday or the day before and a cyclist was knocked down and and that person, you know, left the scene. And I just think there's things that are happening here that, yeah, we need stricter rules on the roads as well as the sea, basically. Definitely. I mean, it's... Um, Malta is also the same, you know, it's always kind of where you are, you think it's the, it's the worst, but it's you go somewhere else and then you're standing in the same kind of worst environment, as bad environment. So it's, it's a changing world and we need to kind of keep our feet on the ground and not get over. We're all, all everyone's always chasing more money and chasing more luxury things when we need to be chasing better surroundings for us to live in. And do you think like growing up on an island was the kind of, you know, you have a closer connection to nature in many ways? Um, yes, definitely. Obviously, Malta is a much smaller island than, than here as well. So you're kind of 10 minutes from the sea from wherever you live. I live a few minutes away from the sea as well. So being so close and understanding it on deeper levels makes us want to advocate to protect it more. 
I mean, Alexia was one of my last guests, by the way, on the podcast. <laughs> I haven't made it for a little while because I've been a teeny bit busy. Um, so it's great that, you know, that we're kind of, you know, passing the Maltese baton forward yeah. to, to have you as our next guest. And, you know, just tell us, lastly, like, how, do you, how do you know her? Um, I know her from uh, a while back. And then obviously we were in touch the last time we were here. I also know her brother, who I work closely with um, in Malta. So there's lots of little connections. Everyone knows everyone in Malta. So it's... Uh, um, lots of networking happening there. Just like here, basically. But um, it's lovely that she could organise this for us today and I really appreciate you making half an hour in your day to fit us in. Yeah, thanks. And also thank you for the invitation and letting me share my story. It's a rebel. It's a rebel. It's a rebel. It's a rebel.